you are listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast, and it is our two hundredth episode. Tony Lloyd is here. Hello, good evening, happy Easter. Remain indoors. Uh, most importantly, congratulations to you guys on this terrific achievement, um, and to Ben in his absence. Um, terrific stuff. Privileged to be here celebrating with you. Um, well done, thank you. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> congratulations to you, Chris. Oh, thank you, thank you. Who'd have thought all those years ago we'd be sitting here? I'm like on episode two hundred. Like I'm like Paul I'm... Rudd in that viral clip. Just who'd have thought? <laughs> eh? <laughs> who'd have thought? Not me. Look at us. Look at us. I'm welling up. Yeah, Already, like genuine. Yeah, genuinely. Like I mean, this is a very low key way to start episode two hundred. Big celebrations and all, but I mean, episode one hundred was interviewing like the icon of a generation and episode 200 is kind of been hampered by the fact that we can't go out anywhere and there is no football or anything so yeah it's gonna be a bit self-indulgent guys yeah well fortunately uh i've tried to pad that out a bit and pad out the self-referential nonsense by uh having a bit of uh a 200th episode Stoke-tacular. I wonder if that'll catch on. Hopefully not. But uh, coming up on this episode, you'll not only hear our drivel, you will hear from Nathan the Hitman Heaney, Pete Smith, Anthony Bunny Bun. You will hear from uh, our good mate Merriman, who's going to join us in about five minutes and hopefully do some musics. Uh, we've got uh, SCFC George doing some lols. We've got a bit from Pottermouth to bring you so we've got actual content this episode so (laughs) if nothing else hopefully you've not turned off after this opening bit because we do have things to to say and do and uh if if has anyone got any uh sort of lockdown uh hobbies that they've taken up have you been uh watching through uh classic stoke games have has that Classic goals DVD. Chris had a rewatch since we watched it <laughs> that time. It's it, do you know what it, it hasn't. I have not been able to convince the rest of my household that that DVD should be on over Disney Plus, um, mm. which is a real shame because I think that it has fairy tales aplenty. But um, no, unfortunately, my my lockdown hobbies have not included really anything Stoke related. Disney Plus is good. I've I've watched Incredibles two uh, in the past couple of days and Toy Story four for the first time as well. Um, any any Disney recommendations? Because although Marvel is on there, I I, ref, I refuse to get invested. Um, in in all in all seriousness, have you seen the Pixar film Coco? No, but I I hear good things. Yeah, like give it a give it a watch it's a absolute it's a beautiful film and it's absolutely lovely it's genuinely like heartfelt everyone should watch that movie if you have disney plus it is so lovely tony how, how have you been uh surviving what well, have you well i'm <coughs> um i think um, i'm alive <laughs> ominous ominous cough um yeah i think my lockdown hobbies mainly have involved work and oh no key, key worker yeah um and getting angry with my neighbors 
I'm a key worker as well, but I'm off on Easter holidays. Yeah, Ooh. yay! Taking advantage of those long holidays I have. Awesome. Oh, well Christ! Done. No, one of one of my neighbours who's like five or six doors down the road. Whenever there's the tiniest hint of sun and it's just about tolerably warm enough to be outside with a thin coat on, they just put music on in the garden really loud. And it's been every day this week. Oh, and it's that's... one of those, yeah. But uh, yesterday I got in angry enough to get brave and I waited for a gap in the, what must have been now, that's what I call the worst possible bits of the early 90s CD. <laughs> Um, and just shouted, not aggressively, but uh, I mean, I, I pulled out a football fan voice, I think, and just asked this maybe so want to turn it down a bit, and they did turn it down for about fifteen minutes, and and then they turned it off. Ah, oh, I still well. I still feel bad about it now. I've ruined their lockdown. Well, I suppose at least. Um... You know, things could be worse. For example, uh, one of your three uh, podcasters could leave the the Skype call <laughs> unexpectedly. On, on, uh, on the it's... special live one we're doing properly live. Yes. <laughs> That'll be fine. <laughs> Episode 200 is also known as Editing Nightmare. So, mm. you know. Good luck. Um, okay. Chris, you talk. Yeah, you talk for a bit. Yes, please. Okay, well, I'm hitting record and it is recording and hopefully everything will work this time for me. All being well. Anyway, yes, how are you, Bob? Well, I think what we discovered from asking each other that question is that we're all handling isolation in our own way. (laughs) Uh, And, yeah, to be honest, how are you handling it? Well, I have two little kids, so I'm... I have a full-time job where, <laughs> with kids, really. So, half seven till eight o'clock, you know, it's just full. I, I, my evenings are the only time I get to twiddle my thumbs, really, so I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> it is uh, an exhausting life. Have you have you signed up to Disney Plus? Because that's what we're talking about. Recommendations of films for Dave to watch? Um. I haven't watched any film that The Simpsons from start to start. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just Ace. Correct behaviour. Yes, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. We'll, we'll, we'll actually treat uh, Bob as a guest now. So, um, <laughs> we, 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 we've asked how you survive in lockdown. Um, but you've got a guitar on the wall there, uh, Bob. Uh, how have you been... Have you been finding time to do any kind of musical projecty things? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Great. That's, that's, that's what you need to do. Okay, so I'll see you Thank you, Bob. Um, yeah, well, because I'm not going out in the evenings, like I've not been playing gigs and stuff. I've been, I've been recording, so I've recorded three songs and I'm putting, I put one out on just on YouTube last week, uh, maybe last week or the week before, and I'm putting another one out this coming Friday. I'm just going to keep like dripping on YouTube for a bit and then uh, put an album together um, over the time because I'd normally go out like two nights a week usually I'd be out and about either playing or watching a gig um, and then you'd do something else socially as well and because I don't do that and I'm in every night I'm being more productive really sometimes limited I'm not like spending days doing it like the fact that I'm not going out at nights give me a lot of time that I didn't that's pretty cool 
just football as well, which means <laughs> like that was most of my thought process was football. So like just <laughs> gap in my brain, which is um, can fill with music right now. Although I did do a, the, I met up with some friends on a, on Skype last night and we did a nineties football. Course. We all made thirty questions each. Did a full on. Like they were, were tough questions. It was like what name of the ball at France '98. Oh my god! That was it. Was it was harsh? Like it was. You see, like heads dropping the questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, finish the USA football group. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> no. How did you? How did you do in the quiz? I was six. I got seventeen. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was hard, but, but it was good fun. Well, I near missed. You know, it was off the post a few times. <laughs> I gave it a little go, you know, the fans <laughs> wouldn't have pleased even if it was a <laughs> And and I think and I, I don't know about you guys, but I find myself in a situation where the and anything that is new and football related, I find myself like clinging to. So when the Sunderland documentary dropped on Netflix, mm. I was like, Right, well cool. Oh damn, I've watched that in a day <laughs> and a bit. And then like it, as soon as just there's anything that's new and yeah. I find myself I'm clinging to that stuff, like the the documentaries and the the classic games and stuff. But like when bloody Mirror Football tweets like, "Oh, uh, Man United interesting interested in signing Aaron Ramsey," I'm like, "Fuck off! No one cares." (laughs) (laughs) What I mean, and then to to actually bring it onto a football topic, what do we? How do you all feel about the idea of? them completing the season behind closed doors within a matter of days, that type of thing that's been doing the rounds. Do you think this season should be finished, firstly? I, I'm not really bothered. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, 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 a, as a just about safe, but still in some danger of relegation if we carried on, but definitely in no danger of going up Stoke point of view. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm absolutely not asked to be honest. I mean, the main thing is the fact that it's not only Liverpool top of the Premier League, but Leeds at the top of the Championship <laughs> as well. That is just that's just too spicy a meatball for me not to say. Uh, just void the season off now. See, I I feel I feel bad for Liverpool. I think, but Leeds, it's definitely funny. I don't know, but yeah, but I I genuinely don't know how I feel about the idea of oh. We'll play it all within fifty-six days or whatever they. They should do it touted. like they do at Power League and just like right that game's done on your come <laughs> yeah. next just like yeah like ten-minute games just finish the season in, in ten minutes <laughs> no overhead height golden goal yeah oh that would just be carnage it would be brilliant next next goal mm-hmm. wins yeah or oh or God. one player per team cuppies and that decides the title. <laughs> we've had i know all the other teams are in the same situation where we've had many weeks off but it would be very stoked to just not get back into the the form that we'd left mm. when the league was actually uh, happening and suddenly just get relegated that would it, be very yeah nice. joe allen and ryan shawcross come back fit after a brilliant rest and every other stoke player gets injured in the warm-up for the first game and doesn't see any of the other games Ilvik. Close your eyes, you can just about hear us. 
What's that about? <laughs> uh, that's broken oh. me. Oh, I felt all really. I don't know. That was really lovely. Thank you for that. Oh, wow. Um, I'll bring up this question we had from uh, Orphe on Twitter now and ask to all three of you: What inconsequential things do you miss most about football? Um, I definitely have found myself like on a Saturday getting to two o'clock and been like oh no they're they're in a team sheet for me <laughs> yeah. to, to get at, to anticipate and generally yeah the, the whole saturday routine kind of feels a bit out of sync but especially like seeing oh oh it's thirteen fifty it'll be a minute and now I'll, I'll refresh for the tweet no no I that, was, that. that was the first thing i had on my list i i, I, I don't miss checking it so much as I miss watching Twitter go completely mental about the rubbish Steve selection. Hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm missing uh, Soccer Saturday, but not just like I'm not miss. Well, I'm sort of missing the program Soccer Saturday, but I'm missing like the first like goal that comes in of the afternoon. So when you are watching Soccer Saturday, I'm missing like. It doesn't matter if it's Airdrie against Falkirk. Hey. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> it's just like oh, there's a goal. The, the football is on and I, I miss the time where uh, the results are coming through and it switches from like those bottom four results into a lot more. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, we're, we're a proper business end of the day <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, miss, I, I miss spending half time keeping an eye out for Nick Hancock and then bottling out of saying hello when I do see him. 
I'm wondering what the badge sellers and the half and half scarf sellers are doing <laughs> with themselves now. Probably still there. I wonder. Yeah. Are we gonna are we gonna get like uh, whatever our first match is? Let's say it's Birmingham for argument's sake. It's and it says Stoke v Birmingham first match back since coronavirus. <laughs> commemorative scarf. Oh, I hope so. I really hope so. Yeah, that's that's one to really if not, get. They, if not, they've missed a trick, and we should <laughs> do that. Now. I, I'd already uh, said that I have a horrible feeling there will be people in football shirts with COVID nineteen on the back. <laughs> oh no! I I miss tweeting things like uh, Nick Powell had a good game, and then somebody at about <laughs> half past ten on a Saturday saying, "Shut up, you fucking clown," or something. We can say that if you want, Dave. It's an essential part of match day now. I don't, I don't feel right unless a complete stranger who, who doesn't follow us has just abused us. Okay. Um, Nerda Wells. The workingmen's clubs have shut the door. They don't want you bound anymore. And in the city fame for its brush on clay, you think it a consumer's all. They're teaching jujitsu in the primary schools without setting off the dinner bell. And where the dance floor's roamed off the side of the road, there's now a digital roulette hell. It's a shame with the Ned Wells of a cynical new age, where if it's easier and please you, sir, we'll let it all. remember the town do you remember scratching backs with the tit for tap before the dawn of the dressing gown oh come see the dust and the barrel of sun barrel of tunstall bats and i don't mean your dead skin cells i mean the soul of the working class it's a shame that we're the dead dwells of a cynical new age where if it's easier if it please you, sir, we'll let it all slip away. At a time to stick together, we're drifting further apart. And too quick to get forget, no. From the boys in the honey club But it'll take more cunning For a second coming Maybe some intervention from above It's a shame The women that dwells Of a cynical new age Where if it's easier If it please you sir We'll let it all Slip away nearly as good as when we did it <laughs> i love it i genuinely genuinely love that song we've, we've got we've come a long way from the very first episode uh, which was the um that 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 free free to copyright youtube music what, what's the name of, yeah, what's the name it was it was kevin mcleod yeah kevin mcleod uh, who who likes to party off grand designs it was it was <laughs> 
Grandis, no, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> You know what? Hang on a second. Okay. Right, ukulele, brown sauce. I once knew a man so pertinacious He argued himself into a divorce Before he knew the golden rule of the full English it had to be consumed with brown sauce He told his wife his thoughts about ketchup Told her that it wasn't for the course He told her that he couldn't go on loving A woman who didn't love brown sauce Brown sauce, brown sauce Culinary inspiration, bring the flavour to a nation in a deep infatuation with the brown sauce, brown sauce No, you can't a dippy scran in anything other than that When he was just a boy, he learned a lesson His mother showed his breakfast no remorse When she threw into the bin a ruined oat cake He'd insulted by neglecting the brown sauce and as he grew out of his adolescence His labour left him hungry as a horse He frequented greasy spoon around the corner Who'd had to get reserves in brown sauce The brown sauce, brown sauce Culinary inspiration bring a flavour to a nation In a deep infatuation with the brown sauce no, you can't a dippy scran in anything other than that. Woo! <laughs> His wedding day arrived early one summer. A marriage which her father had endorsed And as he gave his vows he put his hand over his heart And clutched a bottle of his beloved brown sauce Brown sauce, brown sauce Culinary inspiration bring a flavour to a nation In a deep infatuation with the brown sauce Brown sauce, no you can't a dippy scran in anything other than that Tiny bit of housekeeping. During that song, I muted my expensive microphone for a bit of a cough. Yes. And I'm looking at the recording, and it's come up still. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I've realised... <laughs> it was on Skype. I, yeah, I'm using my me, uh, me laptop microphone instead of this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so <apologies> no. <laughs> for everybody who has got ears. Um, oh, that's, no. That's... <laughs> Probably not the end of the Listen, world. Listen, episode, episode 200, go as we mean to. <laughs> we need to as we, go on. As we carry on as we would mean to. You know, it's, it's just what we yeah. do, isn't it, this? Oh, my God. Um, season's falling apart. We've fallen apart. Ah, <sighs> oh, well. 
Good fun. Um, <laughs> shall I do my bit? <laughs> yes, Tony. <laughs> now you've got your working microphone, you can very much do your well, bit. Well, no, it's, 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 it's still the same microphone. It's just going to be a bit tinny, I imagine. Um, oh, yeah, well. You've got to edit it, so... Um, well, this 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 thing was was originally. <laughs> Are you alright, Chris? Sorry. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, I'm the new kid. I'm expected to make these a... these mistakes. <laughs> People don't listen to this for excellent standards <laughs> in anything. This is <laughs> well, fittingly, uh, this was going to be an end of season thing. Um, but actually, Wizards 200 TM um, felt like it might be an ideal time. So in March, which was, as we've already discussed, several years ago now, um, Chris and I, when you, Dave, announced that you were going to be stepping back a little from public life, uh, we had a bit of a club together. Um, oh, fuck. Now, this is, this is a, it's a visual thing. So I'm going to need your help, Dave, oh. for this. Um, okay. Can you just... You can see me, right? The camera's Yeah, I'm just going to get you in, okay. in big screen. Okay. There you go. Um, do, you, do you want to describe what you see for the next few seconds for, for the benefit of the listeners? <laughs> oh, no. Okay, yes. I, I can see Chris and Tony in their respective rooms. Uh, Tony in a purple carling shirt. He's got a piece of paper. <laughs> Hang on! Oh my god! <laughs> so, um, so, <laughs> so for, for professional <laughs> podcaster Dave, come on, you can do it. Oh god! So, um, so the, oh no! So if you don't follow uh, at Cheap Panini on Twitter, uh, follow them now. Stop what you're doing and follow them now, uh, because. You will have seen them over the last month or so doing, um, <laughs> doing. They're called no score uh, draws now. Yeah. Oh, are they called no, no they score called, draws? Sorry, okay, no score draws on Twitter, and they've been doing uh, sort of alternative versions of uh, Stoke, well, of Stoke Panini stickers, but they've drawn them themselves, and they've <laughs> they've got a unique style. <laughs> I mean. Um. <laughs> so and, and and so as you could probably guess from my reaction, but they've done one of, of me, which is incredible. <laughs> uh, so I'm in the I'm in the latest Stoke show, which is nice. Um, I, I, I can tell the photo it's based off as well. It's based off the picture of me and Rick. Um, yeah. <laughs> because. I've I've got a slightly wonky eye. Uh, my nose my nose looks like the the end of a condom. <laughs> and I've got, also, I've got a Heath Ledger Joker the, smile on as well. As well. Oh, I, I feel yeah. like I should point out we we sorted this before they did Stoke. Yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's possibly one of the nicest and most horrifying things I've ever been given. <laughs> It is it is at cheap Panini. They've they've kept the same Twitter name handle. Well, I don't know. You kids know about these things, but yeah, it is at cheap Panini. You were right. Apologies. But yes, well 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 done on your 
professional and excellent podcast, Dave. <laughs> I can only apologise. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, oh, I love you guys. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I need to um, do some linky bits for the rest of the episode now, but then we'll return for, for our final thoughts, Jerry Springer style. So... Um, so we've uh, been contacting some of our mates to get involved in this uh, august occasion and so uh, we'll start off with a bit that I'm sorry Patreon subscribers but you all have already heard it, heard it but I don't think Pottermouth's work uh, should go unheard by anyone so um, just as a reminder of how football used to be before the lockdown and how Michael O'Neill had regalvanized us here's some commentary of Stoke goals flying in set to back in black what's not to love <laughs> in the first game of the Michael O'Neill era now that shot's been hit from a long way out and oh my goodness me Zach Lucas has hit a shot from the edge of the centre circle caught goalkeeper Collins off his line to send the away end Barmy down the other end the first goal of the Michael O'Neill era and what a spectacular effort Sam Lucas from just inside the Barnsley half played in with pace down opportunity here for Allen on the turn. Allen takes out a second shot and scores to send the travelling two and a half thousand Stokies into raptures. Surely now it's going to be a win for Michael O'Neill in his first game in charge of Stoke. Stoke win it in midfield. McLean forwards to Gregory. Looking for the first time ever. Oh, what a goal that is! Two screamers today from Sam Lucas and Stoke City. City 2, Sheffield Wednesday 2. In it goes. Campbell gets the shot. Yeah! And it's scored. Stoke has scored. Campbell headed it down. And Vokes put it in the net. Stoke City have come back from the dead. And they lead 3 2. Folks will carry on playing anyway. Ball to the right to Tyrese Campbell. Three in the centre if he can pick one out. He's still going here. Campbell down the right. Sends it across. It's a one pile and it's 2-2. Wonderful goal. Brilliantly taken by Nick Powell for his first competitive goal. It's Stoke City Colours. It's a big one as well on New Year's Day. Martin's Indy's diagonal delivery goalkeeper comes a long way. Can only punch it. It drops for Campbell. It's dipping. Tyrese Campbell with a brilliant dipping shot from the edge of the area and Stoke having been 2-1 down lead at the John Smith Stadium a dance from Campbell and it's Huddersfield 2 Stoke 3 All forwards by West Brom, cut out by Martin Zindi. Powell in the centre circle, chip ball down the right, and Ince is in behind here. Oh, and he could still get there into the area. Ince knocks it back. Campbell's there, and Stoke have scored. And Tyrese Campbell has done it again inside nine minutes of the Hawthorns. Five for the 
the season. Give him a contract, please, for Stoke fans. And there's another reason why. Campbell on the score sheet. West Brom nil, Stoke won. This is a different Stoke City side that we were looking at a couple of months back. There's no doubt about that. Allen to Martins Indy, back to Allen. Powell lays it off nicely for Allen in towards the edge of the penalty area for Klukas. Klukas shoots. No! So, uh, someone else we got in touch with, you have seen him on Twitter going viral for his uh, ring walking set to a, a rousing rendition of Delilah. Um, I got very out of, out of my depth as I spoke to Stoke fan and boxer Nathan Heaney. Uh, how are you coping with uh, lockdown being a nice and happy person? Oh, well, I'm quite enjoying the isolation. It sounds a bit mad, but in the leads so fast and stuff, it's that busy. Like with work and with the boxing and all that kind of stuff, it's nice to have a bit of down downtime to be honest. But it's it's hard for me missing that because they're the ones that are staying in most of the time. I'm the mm. one that's going out doing the shopping and stuff when we can do it. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been some working around in it. I'm still training a little bit doing that, going for runs and that. Um, but yeah, other than that, mate, it's it's been pretty steady. Just making sure we're not really going out too much. Yeah, yeah, that that's the big thing. Uh, good to hear as well. Um, so. Uh... A lot of our listeners will probably uh, know you as uh, the the boxer who came out to Delilah in that uh, viral yeah. clip of your of your fight at the King's Hall. I mean, yeah. that looked absolutely mad from the clip. But what what was it like uh, coming out to it? How big was oh, it mate. to have that home support? Oh, mate, the the, um, the video doesn't do it justice for the noise. It's it is it's probably one of the best feelings. Like, I mean, we grew up. Like as a as a kid and stuff, dreaming to play for Stoke. Do you know what I mean? And we never get that opportunity. But that's probably the closest you could ever be to feeling what it's to hear that kind of that kind of noise. And it was um, yeah to walk out to it. Was, it's quite incredible. It's, it's very the very noisy. Well, we're renowned for being loud anyway, aren't we? But it was yeah, it was it was great. It was great. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in uh, how that happened as, as someone who doesn't uh, live in the area. How, how has that support sort of grown for you? I haven't got. Um, how's it grown? I don't know. When I when I started my debut, I had um, 60 people there. I, I had like an away day. So for me, they, usually everyone goes to your debut. So I, I sold 60 tickets, and and usually what happens is they sort of dwindle every fight after that. In most professional fighters' careers, that's what usually happens. So thinking, oh, it's not started off amazing, but it was good enough. But then it just went up slowly each time, and then. And then for the Midland title fight, which is on my seventh fight, in fact, no, sorry, let me rewind. Um, it was my third professional fight. I boxed on a Huey Fury undercard on Channel 5. Now, I didn't box on TV, but all my supporters were singing Delilah and everything, all my, and people, people could hear them. Um, so, everyone could hear them on TV, and then Stoke Loud and Proud shared a post for me, and then people sort of saw me from that and it just grew a little bit then just exploded and just because it's that noisy it's that noisy in the place fantastic uh, so uh, obviously with with your first few fights and stuff you wouldn't have had uh, walk on music and stuff but yeah uh, no I did yeah I did, no I did. I've always had Delilah every single fight 
Uh, oh, oh, right. So, um, so was that a conscious decision then to sort of uh, maybe not not just for yourself as a Stoke fan, but also maybe get get the crowd whipped up as well because it, it's nah, a fantastic. Nah, well, I, I mean, it certainly worked that way. But for me, I was just a Stoke lad. There was no other there was no other song that I could walk out to. It just just didn't feel right. I mean. I tried other songs and stuff, but not. I've, I mean, I've never walked out to another song. But in the lead up to my debut, I was thinking, "There's no, there's no other song that I wanted." So, and it just, it just sort of worked that it's a belter to sing along to as well for all the Stokies. But no, it's him. Um, the only conscious decision I'm Stoke lad, and that's the only one I was going to walk out to. So, fantastic. And that's pretty, so, much, it, and that's pretty much it for that one. Fantastic. So, um, obviously, no Stoke at the moment. But how often? Uh, can you get down now? Are you a season ticket holder? Do you, do you yeah, go you yeah. I, I I don't miss a single home game. The away games are tougher, um, just because the, the amount of training and stuff, and I'm away from my family and that. I can't justify being away from my missus and my kids and my kids, so to say, all all Saturday, which is basically happens on the way there. I still got the occasional away away days, and I'm a bit gutted that Leeds away. Um, was obviously cancelled mm. yesterday on Friday because that was one of the big ones I was planning for. So I, my birthday was a week before. I was thinking, right, we're going to have a big one there. And we planned this weeks and weeks ago, um, but well, yeah, it was a shame that didn't happen. So I don't, I don't miss any of the home games, and then the the occasional ones uh, for the away games that I'll go where I can. A question we've had on Twitter: uh, Do you remember your first Stoke game? My first Stoke, it, it's weird. My first Stoke game that I can remember was. Was when we went down to Wembley for the for the Autoglass. Um, the also, was it the Autoglass thing that we won where Peter Peter Thorne Pe- scored? Peter Thorne, yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. Auto, auto windscreen. But but it's weird, a massive event. Like that. I think I must have been about nine years old or ten years old back. I, I've, all I can remember is Graham Kavanagh lining up to take a free kick. That's all I can really remember from the day. It's <laughs> so weird. But Gap Kavanagh was like me, my buddy, the the god when I was a kid. So was, um, that's probably where I rem- remember that. But then another one was when um, I think we played Scunthorpe um, at home at the Britannia, and it was it was one of the first games there. And I'm sure we won uh, like one nil with like the last. It was in the last minute. So I remember all the all the all the fans leaving, and um, I didn't want to leave. And then we scored in the last minute. I, just, I always remember that. Um, so. Uh... Going up uh, to sort of the, the current Stoke team, then what's your verdict on uh, Michael O'Neill so far? Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the end of the season, but uh, are you optimistic with uh, Michael O'Neill? I, I'm optimistic. You only have to look at the what's frustrating about the, the championship is you look at the form that we've had since January, and I think we're like, was it like fourth to sixth, something like that, mm. in terms of how well we've been doing? But the bad side of that is every other team around us has also been doing that as well. Because we're still only three points off, aren't we? Than relegation, three points yeah. are rough. Yeah. So it's like it's um, so that's what's so frustrating about the championship. It's not that it's an hard league; it's just that everyone's that inconsistent. Um, but but the amount of goals we scored. I mean, Huddersfield away, which is one of the rare ones I went away to this season. We won five. Was it five, two five or five? Two. Yeah. So I mean, that was a belter. And it's, it was years since we scored five previous to that. Um, mm. And it, yeah, I I am optimistic. It's just what plays does he bring in in the future? Obviously, we don't know what's happening with the season now, and how transfers are going to be affected and that. But yeah, I'm optimistic. I think next season it could it, it could be really good. Just depends what kind of plays he brings in. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. There's definitely more of a sort of feel-good atmosphere around the club now. And like you say, we, we are scoring goals in games, which make making uh, going to games a hell of a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, do you have any sort of uh, particular uh, away days that stand out over the course uh, of your time following Stoke? Because that Huddersfield one, it was only recently, but that yeah, was right up there for me. Yeah, that 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 was about it. It was... Um... I think it's the concourse, a bloody small in that place as well. Mm. Like it's small, but yeah, that was good. Uh, Millwall last year was good, um, even though the football was terrible. But it was still a good day out with the lads. Um, yeah, the same. Yeah, I can't really. Uh, Birmingham's always been a good one. So yeah, but it's it's just the day out with the lads, and it's more than the football. Even though the football's pretty fantastic, I mean, it's, uh, sometimes it's just a good atmosphere with the boys. Okay. Um. Uh, another Twitter question we had was, "What is one Stoke player you wouldn't want to step in the ring with?" Uh, I'd I'd say, uh, I know even though he's a lovely guy, I'd be, I'd say Ricardo Fuller. I reckon that guy can fight. I can. I yeah. remember. I remember years ago, I used to work with Hanley in the nightclub, and he used to he used to be in there after the games at night, and he was an absolute tank. Like you just walk past him, you think, God, he was he was a solid tank. So. I reckon full. I mean, you've got some of the boys that they've been tough over the years and that. Um, but yeah, Fuller, I wouldn't want to get on with him. Uh, completely agree. Fair enough. Uh, but one, uh, maybe one player you would want to step in the ring with uh, then, because there's been a, a few uh, that I think a few Stoke fans maybe fantasised about giving a right hook to. <laughs> um, I've got to be honest, mate. At the start of the season, I'd have got in the ring with all of them, like from <laughs> the current squad that we've got at this moment in time, because it just there just was no passion there. From what, at least what I could see anyway, there was no real fight in the team, which is what we were, we were renowned for. Like, we weren't beautiful back in the day like when we first got promoted and stuff, but we were, we were tough and we were hard. And obviously when Mark Hughes came in, then we started playing some really good football. But, yeah, there was just no passion. So I would have said all of them at the start of the season. But um, I, I don't want to call any players out, mate, so I'm not going to call any of them out. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's fair enough. I was I was hoping for maybe a Berahino or an Imula from you. To be but, fair, uh, to be fair, mate, when when he was um, going through the stuff with his with his case and that with his drink driver and whatever it was, I thought he was a complete idiot. The way that he yeah. portrayed himself in the public and just how he, he was terrible, really, as a player. Um, I just uh, yeah, he wasn't setting a good example to to the young Stoke fans anyway. So yeah, yeah, I could yeah, I'd probably get him with him with him. He probably thinks he'd win though. That's the only thing, but, <laughs> it, but he, he he would get battered. But again, uh, I'm not call, I'm not calling anyone out. Fair enough. Um, uh, and then uh, finally, uh, my final question then is uh, sort of when this thing is all over, God knows when, but when it is all over, what's the what's the sort of next step for you in terms of uh, first of all your boxing and then uh, following Stoke? What what are you looking forward to in both uh, boxing wise and Stoke wise? Yeah, it's boxing-wise, I'm probably just going to be defending my title, the IBO title, first up. Um, I have got an announcement I'm going to make very soon in terms of some really good news for the city and that, but I can't do that just yet until it's all sorted. Um, in terms of Stoke, I'm going to I'm going to wait a little bit for me to get my season ticket just because I want to see what's happening with um, with this coronavirus and stuff. I want to know what's happening with the, with the season way before I get it sorted. But yeah, I get that sorted and then. We just got to. I want. I just give us. Just give us something where we got a bit of hope for the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? That's what yeah. I just want. I just want give us something to, to look forward to. It's um, the only thing we've been looking forward to this season is avoiding relegation. That's the main 
drive behind what we've been doing. But next season, just give us even if like top, you know what I mean? Like top, top eight. Get us in the top eight and just keep us there. Then have a good, exciting finish towards the end of the season. I think it'd be, be really good. But I just want to see them fighting for everything. If they do that and just like, like they say, the old DNA of Stoke and stuff. If they do what we were were renowned for, we should be sound. They just got to put the effort in. Someone who did get in touch with us over the course of uh, the last few weeks wanted us to do 200 Stoke positives. So I present to you my found poem, 200 Reasons Why Stoke City the Best, a rhyming poem slash a complete uh, spoken word nightmare. At number one, the world's number one, Gordon Banks. We're the club of Matthews, Hudson, Franklin, Skeels, Sue, Conroy, Chamberlain, Fox, Bloor, Smith and Ritchie. The club of Shawcross, Steen, Fuller, Delap, Whelan, Cranson, Thorne, Kavner, Bojan, Shakinani. Wet Wednesday nights, red and white stripe, Taggart throttling wise, the autoglass trophy, we've won it two times. Macari, Pulis, Waddo, Nick Hancock, Slash and Nello. The oldest league club, the Brit and the old Vic, Fuller's beaten Larson here and this man's magic. Oat cakes, the oat cake, the boat cake, where you can see ducks by the canal and buy duck by the canal. Delilah will be with you, the Kenwin song and bread, Potamus stealing the uneaten mascot's head. League Cup, Watney Cup, Euron Cup, a BAFTA, Ziv's flying boot, 7,000 in Spain, Fai, Beatty, Wilco, Hooth, playing through the pain. Walters, Ethers, Sorrow, Bego, Lawrence, O'Connor, Callahan, and Zonzi, Odden Wingy, Ware, Violet, Berry, Hookstra, Mama Sidibe. Stoke going down, us all going down and getting pissed on the ale. Michael O'Neill drinking the Guinness and hating the Vale. 5-0 at the new Wembley, never losing at the old Wembley. That night at Ninian Park, breaking the South Stand jinx. And a world-class performance, getting a 7 from Martin Spinks. Peddy, pints of bass, Titanic and cans from barge in booze. On the piss if we win, on the piss if we lose. Swing low, sweet chariot, doing the venger, the terror of the long throw, an 80th minute roar against Man City. Bowers Myhill putting out for a corner, heads go up. Crouch's volley, inventing extra time. Inventing pens, not furloughing our staff, staying behind at the cup final. Banks is saved from Hurst. Podcasts, fanzines, videos and blogs. Vis Unita Fortior. The Coates family, the best statue in football, the loudest fans in the Premier League, looking after each other. Banksy's tie at the World Cup draw, from Battersea Dogs home to Stoke Alona. Jossaloo hugging the ref, half-time draw tickets. The delayed cheer after Shaq's goal at Goodison. Wilco's testimonial, where he scored, and we were on the pitch. Speaking of pitch invasion, there's the pitch invasion against Leicester, and the other pitch invasion against Leicester. That long, slow Delilah against Stockport, the false nine against Man City, Mark Munieza. Matthews against Luton, Steen against Manu, Akin Bai against Reading, that Higginbottom blasted three kick against West Ham, Gunnarsson, Gunlaugson, Orlikson, Gunjonson, Thordarsson, and that Thunderbolt against Charlton, son. Sir Stan's testimonial and playing Madrid in 1963, throwing the Port Vale goalkeeper in the River Trent. We're a local club with fans around the world. We're pride of the Midlands and cock or no cock, of the North. And despite everything, we're still just a bit rubbish, and that's all right. Calling a player a shit guy, naked headbutt, slapping your captain on the pitch, getting robbed of a cup final by an ice cream man. We even arranged a pre-season tour to Poland in 1939. We're an infuriating, semi-incomprehensible mess most of the time, 
We've had the roof blow off the stadium, lose 8-0, but have the scoreboard think it's 9-0. We've never won the cup, we've never won the league, and the last time we played in Europe, our best player was Diego Arismendi. But who cares? We'll wear the shirts, the green and black Carling one, the purple Ansels one, or the latest Macron mess. We'll dress up as Elvis, as Stoke City Amigos, and we'll carry pink panthers. We'll tell tales of Ulare's backside, John Parkin's kebab, Ed Dehoy's tash, Sambegu Bangora's disappearance, Rick roasting centre-backs. We'll get stuck in traffic on Stanley Matthews' way, despair when the team sheet comes out. We'll get overexcited about signings and put pressure on academy products. We'll moan about flair players and moan about each other. Then we'll go online and, well, we'll just carry on moaning again. It's a crazy, scary time, but it'll all be back before you know it. Butland, Bruno, Joe, Jimmy, Tyrese, Nick Powell with a delicious bit of skill. Bart, Thompson, Vokes, Greggy, Tom Edwards, Tebow Verlinden, Sam Klukas. This new lad, Oakley Booth, looks all right. Martin O'Neill has given us all something to look forward to. We'll tell those lads in red and white, everything will be all right. One day we'll be waking up on a match day and we'll be ready for it. Cans on a rattling train to make away day memories or welcoming weary travellers to the land of kilns and clay, milling around the ground, seeing those faces you haven't seen in months, remembering those we've loved and lost, walking out of the concourse and seeing that stretch of green on top of a windy, frankly atrociously located hill in North Staffordshire. The crack tannoy will welcome back the mighty, mighty potters, and everything will be all right in the world again. Go on, Stoke. More interviews! More interviews. This is uh, this is Pete Smith from the Sentinel. First of all, Pete, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, first of all, how are you coping with uh, lockdown and how are you keeping busy? Yeah, it's all a bit weird at the moment. Um, we're finding out what kind of things that people want to read about um, when there's no actual football taking place. So it's all a bit of the unknown for us. Um, uh, but it's a bit of a blessing, I guess, that, that we can have the figures in front of us to, to see the kind of stories that people want to read. Um, and sometimes it's most, mostly, well, sorry, mostly it's going to, to football writing for positive stories, the, the stories that we've been able to do about Stoke over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the, the good news stories, the, the proper news stories have been the stories that people want to read about um, from Denise Coates Foundation donating £10 million to the hospital. Danny Bart, James McLean, Tom Edwards donating stuff to their hospitals, or, or uh, the Dan Lewis Trust. Um, so that's kind of that, that's the kind of thing we're we're, we're we're all finding out at the moment. Um, it's, it's driving us all a bit loopy, um, but it's the same for everybody. Yeah. So how is it working at the Sentinel at the moment? Are you all at home, or are people going in to to, to do stuff, or how's it working? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working from home at the moment. Um, I managed to, to, to get a couple of the old scrapbooks out of the Central Library um, before I, I was sent home for the final time. Um, I had to pick uh, three seasons. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, scrapbooks going back all the way back to uh, the Second World War from every Stoke writer has compiled. I thought, right, what am I going to need for the next however long it's going to be? So I thought, uh, the 1993 season. That was a that was a that was my first choice, probably yeah. for personal reasons. And then I, I just heard I, I read something random that the whole Stoke team um, had contracted Asian flu in 1957. So I've right. got the 1956 57 uh, scrapbook 
1978-79 when they won promotion from, from the second division. And um, yeah, I've got no idea what I'm going to do with any of them. The days and flu thing was a, a bit of a write-off. As soon as I had about two sentences in at the bottom of one story in November 1957 um, saying, oh, by the way, Stoke drew at Lincoln, but we'll let him off because seven of the 11 players have been really under the weather with, with this pandemic, which is it's rushing across the world. Mm. <laughs> so, um, uh, I can't remember what your question was. I, I went off on a bit of a tangent. No, 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 it was just uh, it's, uh, what you've been doing it since <laughs> and, and, and flicking through uh, soap scrapbooks from 1957. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty lucky, isn't it? I mean, yeah. There are worse things to, to spend your time doing. And I've been uh, getting myself lost in, in nostalgia in the archives. And we've got a brilliant catalogue of photographs. And mm. there are people who are having a lot of worse time of it than I am at the moment. Yeah, it's incredibly on brand as well for for you to be flicking through with 1957 scrapbooks. As well. so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Very much appreciate that. So with, with this kind of weird, uh, weird sort of break in the season, for want of a better word, um, uh, you, you're writing a lot more sort of uh, sort of nostalgia kind of pieces and a lot more kind of uh, sort of uh, things maybe not. Uh, directly related to the current Stoke team. What have you most enjoyed kind of either finding out about or writing about since uh, since this has all started? Um, in, in, interviews are, are always going to be my um, the favourite part of my job, really. And the, the, the stories that you really remember, there, there are weeks that go by um, when you look back and think, hang on, I've written 50 stories and I can't remember many of them. But, but the, the interviews with with, um, with people like uh, I spoke to Tom Edwards in the week, and um, I spoke to uh, Gareth and the academy director yesterday for a piece that will go in on Monday. Um, they're, 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 they're talking to people and, and finding out things that you are like yourself when you ring people up. It opens up different questions that you hadn't expected to ask, and getting to know people better. Um, yeah, that, that's that's the interesting part. And I, I do I do love the archives um, and there are some brilliant stories and I always think that there isn't much that is going to surprise me but every time you go back there's, there's something um, there's, there's always a line a throwaway line because with hindsight you know how it unfolded I did a piece in the week about um, how Spinksy had written in August 2008 and that is right at the bottom of, the, of, of a story Stoke have, have decided to make their pitch the, the smallest possible um, that the Premier League rules allow. Hmm. Uh, just a, a line from Tony Pulis explaining why and we all know what happened next. It, it just opens up different doors and different windows and it's yeah, all quite interesting. Uh, yeah, so um, on the podcast uh, in the sort of absence of football, we've been sort of taking nostalgia trips of our own and uh, getting people on to talk about their favourite uh, Stoke game. So I'm going to put you on the spot now uh, for... Uh, First of all, what was your first Stoke game, and then what is your favourite Stoke game? And uh, bearing in mind that the bottom five nil is too obvious. <laughs> okay, uh, my first game was in April 1990, so I was, it, I was six, just about to turn seven, and it was the year that Stoke were relegated under Alan Ball. Uh, it was a nil-nil draw with Plymouth, and um, by all accounts, it was one of the worst games that anyone's ever seen. Um, <laughs> But I wasn't to know that at the time. Uh, although there was a game I, um, I mentioned yesterday in the piece I did, uh, a nil-nil draw with Wigan last season, and, and I wasn't even sure if I'd been at it. It, it fallen from my memory that much. 
Uh, I was there. I'd written about it, but it, it must have been boring. Um, um, my favourite game um, through the promotion season and the first season in the Premier League and the 14-15 season are my three favourite seasons, as well as 1993. But probably those three latter ones uh, probably pits them. Um, but I've, I've always got a list of my favourite away games. The Leeds 4-0, the Coventry comeback from behind, mm. the 2 0 win at Vale in 1993. Um, but I'll probably still go for the 6 1 win over Liverpool um, when I was growing up. Um, most of my friends at, at school uh, were Liverpool fans. And to have ever considered the day where we'd be 5 0 up at half time against Liverpool, undeservedly so. And then we win 6 1. Uh, well, we had the the cheek to even clap the Liverpool scorer. Um, it, it's just something we, that we could never have imagined. And even looking back now, perhaps we all dreamt it. Um, it was a, a brilliant day. I remember walking away thinking that we should just retire from football as a club, just mm. handing our notice, saying, saying that it's not going to get any better than this. And perhaps, perhaps uh, you should. that's what we should have done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there there wasn't uh, really much uh, after that, to be honest. But um, so there's a sort of weird sort of situation now with uh, what happens with the rest of the season. Uh, do you have a, a preference in terms of what happens from either a Stoke point of view or a journalistic point of view? Do you want uh, null and void? Do you want uh, do you want it to be done in some form or another? Um. Well, I've always thought over the last couple of weeks that there's no rush to make a decision and almost just wake you up in June when we can get to a point when we can make a decision or mm. hopefully June or, or whenever it is, July, August, September. Um, from a personal point of view, it just doesn't really matter, does it? It's, it's, it all makes football seem so trivial. I've yeah. written so many stories over the past couple of weeks thinking this doesn't, just doesn't mean anything in the, in the scheme of things. Mm. Um, uh, uh, but hopefully, um, well, I know when football returned after the Second World War, it was the, it was a thing that people that gave people so much hope and, and attendances rocketed. And that's why we've got to, got to look at it as it's the, it's the thing that can bring communities together, the, the positive, the, the reason why we live our lives, really. It's the thing that we spend our spare time doing. It's the thing that brings us joy. So... Let's just get through this horrible couple of months or however long it's going to be. Um, and then, however it falls, um, I'll be grateful. Uh, as a, from a Stoke point of view, I don't think it really matters. No. We're out of the relegation zone. Um, deservedly so, I think Michael and the others have done a fantastic job. Uh, I, I think there are a, a fair few teams in the Championship who've been worse than us, even considering the first couple of months of the season. Um I, I, I don't know. I, I change my mind all the time, to be honest. If there's got to be a plan B from from finishing the season, hopefully there'll be a point when they can get back in, play the last nine games, and then just start again um, straight, straight ready to go into the next season. But you do worry if that's going to be the case. Yeah, of course. Um, so, sort of on that, then I think um, I think possibly even more than any other club. Although I'm not in there, sort of bubble so it's hard to judge but um there's just a, a real sort of um positive feeling around stoke city and in, in these awful circumstances with 
the stories you mentioned about uh, Alan uh, McLean, Tom Edwards, uh, the the Coates family, and what they've done. Uh, yeah. The, the, that's just been a sort of incredible hasn't it and has it gone maybe a bit sort of underappreciated do you think maybe nationally um, I think there are a few senior politicians have made lazy assumptions about footballers um, and football clubs uh, and that that grated me as much as it well, not, not as much as it grated the, the players and the, and the people involved with them. Um, a lot of them do great work a lot of them are are also horrible, but mm. um, clubs like Stoke, and they've got they've got decent principles, and, and uh, while they haven't got everything right by long means um, on the pitch over the last three or four seasons, um, off the pitch you can tell that they, they generally try to do well by their fans, and uh, and they've got the money to, to back up their principles, and, and that's what they've um, that's what they've done. Um, it's times like these that, that you, you really appreciate it, and, and perhaps it's a reminder that um, there, there, are, there are reasons to appreciate, appreciate them, even if uh, we do thank players like Kevin Wimmer and Jelen um, Gambua. Their intentions are, are very good for the, for the city and for the club. Yeah, uh, of, of course, and it's it's. Uh... It's it's really nice to to hear stories about footballers, uh, even McLean who you know can't go a month without getting himself in trouble. Rogue isn't he? He's a, he's a lovable <laughs> Wally. <laughs> yes, yes, he, he he's he's a really charming Burke, isn't he? Um, but, uh, yeah, but it's 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 lovely to hear that uh, kind of stories uh, story about footballers, and it's a it kind of shows up. In my personal opinion, the kind of populist rubbish that uh, some members of the government yeah. have, have, have put out about easy, easy to say, yeah, um, easy easy targets, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, I, I should say as well that a lot of these uh, there must be so much more that, that we haven't reported. Um, you find out on the grapevine that things go on, and the few people talk about it, but most of the time they, these things. The players are trying to go under the radar. They're not out trying to seek publicity. Um, they're just genuinely nice guys. Um, I, I think Soak have got a, a pretty decent bunch at the moment. Um, and let's hope they can, they can carry on their form on the pitch as well that we've, we've seen recently. Absolutely. Uh, so a, a quick couple of questions to start with. Uh, people have been uh, posting, uh, who would you most want to be quarantined with Uh from a from a kind of Stoke City point of view, which Stoke player would you most and least like to be quarantined with at the moment? <laughs> all, all time. Yeah, oh, why not? Uh, oh God, God knows. Um, <laughs> Pulis, would, Pulis would be the most interesting, but he would also try to be completely insane. But he'd probably come up with a plan to mm. beat beat the coronavirus yeah. uh, by working hard the, yeah yeah and you go down fighting um, and he's got some good stories um, so yeah I, I, I would regret it um, almost immediately but probably probably purely. yeah you, would, you wouldn't be bored at all um, uh, and finally what are you most looking forward to uh, when this is all over oh, I'm, I'm dreading it at the moment I think every um, almost every avenue you go down, the, 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 it opens up uh, different 
challenges. You see that pandemics in the past have, have led to the rise of fascism and um, there's evidence of racism rising. Um, so I'm hoping that something's going to bring the whole world together and, and um, our generation will be the generation that uh, gets through a pandemic and makes the world a better place. Um, uh, and that in doing so, Stoke go on a, a great run and get back to the Premier League and get back to beating Liverpool 6. What more more content, more special guests? <laughs> how is that how is that possible? I hear well, you cry. <laughs> Here's Stoke George on Twitter with his shenanigans. Picture the scene. A 17-year career, 504 answers, 120 goals, a Champions League, two FA Cups, a Bell on Door nomination. And it all comes to an end, in Stoke. Wouldn't it be a shame if something terrible happened or they got battered 6-1 or something? Imagine that. The thing that confuses me the most about this day isn't the scoreline. It's Shakiri. And why is he holding Gerard's hand in a Liverpool kit? We start with a shot at Mignolet and he spills it. Might well stop the video now. When Mama finds himself in the goals you just know something's about to go down. 4,000 Liverpool fans absolutely devastated as they've been saving all month for this trip to Stoke. What a waste of time. Although not a complete waste. There's a big building site nearby. Plenty of skips to have a rummage through. And Jesus Christ it's 2-0. Gotta love that from the Liverpool keeper. Obviously knows how shit Mama is and wants to give him a confidence boost. 29 minutes in and it's all Stoke. The ball is headed straight into the path of John. He takes the piss. Has two shots and it's 3-0. Liverpool fans haven't been this angry since the Pied Piper came in and got rid of all the rats. They didn't have pudding for months. Absolute nightmare. Former Liverpool man. 10-ton Charlie swoops in and before you know it it's 4-0. Lovely to see he has the respect for his former club and refuses to celebrate. Top shit housing. You love to see it. Straight through the legs of that bald bastard thumb-looking Martin Skirtle, who may I just add has the shittest tattoos I've ever seen. I've seen better work on the underside of an old-school desk. And oh look out, Baguette Shagger has just rifled one in from 30 yards out. Look at the finish on that, such ain't he's French. The Stoke back four spent the entire game playing tag and crosswords, totally understandable they got out. Fair play to Gerard, still showing his teammates up at 54 and doing it all himself. Proper legend. Such a shame he has to put a padlock on his wheelie bins though. Last attack for the boys. Can Mama get his hat trick of goal contributions? He swings one in and it's six baby. Another former Liverpool player, mental. And that's the rap, the ultimate way to end a Liverpool legend's career. Stoke doing God's work, you're welcome. Uh, our final interview of this episode, and it's a it's a really, really lovely chat, and it's... um. Uh, it's someone we've had on the podcast a few times before, but he's always worth listening to, and he's uh, he's been absolutely fantastic recently in terms of raising money for for charity and that. So uh, here's me speaking to Anthony Bunn. First of all, uh, thanks for coming on, Bunny. Uh, first of all, how are you coping with lockdown? How are you keeping busy? Uh, I'm probably not coping too well, to be honest. Um, be totally honest, I'm I like. Um... I like people, uh, being around people. Not, not, that doesn't mean I don't like my family, but <laughs> different people. I like being sociable. I like being out and about. I'm not a sitter uh, unless I'm kind of writing or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's not my ideal scenario, like for most people, but it's uh, got a little bit of ill health in the, not immediate, well, not in, in our house, but elsewhere. I've got a, 
um, try to get my head around a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, horrible, tough, surreal times. I just wish the sun would go away, mate. I wish it pour down. So mm. wanted to stop the idiots from doing what they wanted. Yeah, because they think that you know they're absolutely invincible. Some people, and uh, obviously that it, it, it kind of makes it easy to stay inside and not even in your own garden when it's uh, when it's raining. So I mean, I'm keeping me- mega busy. I've got, I've got I'm, a, I'm a teacher, so I've got work to do. We're on a rotor system about when we're going in, um, and then I've got you know my other work through the magazine and whatever. And uh, yeah, lo- lo- lots of CVs doing freelance CVs at the minute as well for for a lot of people um so yeah i'm I'm dead busy mate to be honest um but I, you know I, i'm desperate to go back to work full time you know the amount of time we we spend thinking crikey i hate that i hate my job or whatever in my life i wish i could be at home and then you're at home all the time and you want to go work so yeah funny surreal times mate yeah absolutely it's uh it's completely bizarre and it is it's hard not to go a bit stir crazy especially like you said if you you just miss uh like little things and, and the weather doesn't help that um i was going to ask about the next issue of uh duck magazine because uh, you've yeah. you've been putting that together uh in yeah. the in the background if you like but uh can you tell us about what we can expect in that and sort of uh what you wanted to do with it yeah um as I put on Twitter and, and loads of social media, there's no no agendas or whatever. It's nothing about our magazine. It's just um, we wanted to, to raise some money. Um, you know, when you when you've got a magazine, you're in a position to do so. Uh, especially in this day and age, you don't have to print it if you don't want to. And there's no, you know, we don't want to be sending issues and print printed copies out. To be honest, so. You know, so we, you know, picked, picked two local charities, which are close to our hearts and a lot of people's hearts. And, uh, you know, the, the amount of stuff that's been sent in is, is amazing. 50, 52 pages may go up to 56, I don't know. Thibaut Verlinden, uh, we interviewed him. Natalie Sawyer, who we kind of become friends with us. I was hasty, especially <laughs> with the missies here. The missies, the missies in front of me, she's actually washing our gate at the minute. Seriously. <laughs> and I'm talking about meeting Natalie Sawyer for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, look, ton, just absolutely tons of stuff. We've got a Tom Rainwright, who's one of the best DJs in the world, who's been on the Hacienda Live today. You, you know, just loads of Stoke stuff, loads of, you know, and the, the good thing is, like I say, we can, you know, every penny profit will, will go to the two charities. And my only worry at the minute is I'm really nervous about we, we don't sell as many as we can, not for us and, and whatever, but, you know, we want to raise as much as we can. So we, people can donate as well. There'll be more details coming out next week. And like I say, there's absolutely tons of reading. That's why, that's why I was sending the free stuff out. People keep saying, oh, you're, you're brilliant for sending these magazines, whatever. It's just clicking a button, mate. Mm. Seriously, I need to read as well. I, I've ordered a load of fanzines and some whatever. I need to keep my brain busy. So if it, if it, you know, if someone's outside today having a read of an old issue, that that's all, what it's all about, mate. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, people will put their hands in the pockets and people already have. I've seen uh, just today you've yeah. had uh, people chucking you know 50 quid in in, in the, into the pot yeah. which is which is fantastic and it it, it kind of is, is something that's happening sort of with, with the club and the area in general at the moment it's just been um in in yeah. what are horrible circumstances it's it's made you feel really proud to be a stokey the, these past few weeks hasn't it oh mate it's um i mean it's really hard in a way because you don't want to you know score moral high ground points over mm. other season clubs and whatever you know because at the end of the date you know, it's affecting everybody the same. Um, but you just can't, you know, one thing we've on Trent, you know, we might not have the buildings, 
we might not have the money, we might not have this, that and the other, but what we have got is an amazing group of people. Um, and, you know, a lot of people... We've seen it ourselves. You've seen it yourself with the food bank last year. That you know, people who haven't got much, who will still give and give and give to help people who've got less than them or in a, you know, who need the money. And it's the people are simply incredible. They are. And um, you know, why do we do doc? We do it for the people. That we don't do. We certainly don't do it for the money. We do it for the people we meet, the people we come across. You know, the great times we have, and that's what Stoke's all about. And you know. Uh, get a bit emotional now about, you know, when this is all over, what what kind of things we're going to do, and yeah. not as a magazine, but as a family and whatever. And uh, you know, that I just can't comprehend at the minute, you know, what what's going to happen, kind of in the in the future with regards to that. But all I do know is the city, the city is very good at at looking after not only its own, but other people as well. Um, so it's it's an it's an honour to to come from Stoke on Trent, to be honest, mate. Um, that's that's that fantastically well said. Um, uh, so I'm I'm going to sort of make things a bit more trivial now, and hopefully uh, yeah. a less less weighty uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, so we, we've been indulging in a bit of nostalgia recently on the podcast mm-hmm. and talk about uh, people's uh, favourite ever game. So um, first of all, can you remember your first Stoke game, and uh, then after that, what's your your favourite Stoke game? And I said the same to yeah, Pete. Yeah, uh, the yeah. bolt the bottom five mills a bit obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can I can never remember my first game. I'm, I'm I'm in the process of writing a book at the minute, which I started eight years ago, and it, it's a back to front, it's a back to front book. It starts at the it starts now and getting it works its way back, which is kind of like me. And and I've tried I've tried remembering my first. You know, what I can remember, mate. My first ever ever memory as a kid or whatever is going to the League Cup, um, t- you know, tour of the trophy. We went to Barlaston. I would have been three. And then this is God's only show. We got back the car, and all I remember is the first song that was on was a song called I Can't Live If Living Without You by a bloke called Nielsen. Uh, so my, my first ever... Yeah, I can't live if living is without you. So my first ever memory is basically Stoke winning the first ever trophy, and it's kind of a suicide song on the <laughs> on the radio, which kind of, you know, set the, set the tone of, you know, years and years of frustration and hurt. And uh, from that, I'm sure I went games before, but the one game I can remember is my first one is going to Vale to watch Stoke play Middlesbrough when we beat them 1-0 after the, uh, the Butler Street stand. Uh, the roof blew up. Blew up. Mm. That's my first one I can... I can remember actually going to. I'm sure I went home matches before because I would. I think I would have been about seven or eight. I'm sure my dad had taken me to the odd game, but I can't remember him, mate. That's for favourite. Um, I think. I know everyone says Bolton and whatever, but the Peterborough away in the Autoglass mm. um, will always will always be really really special. I don't think I'll ever. I don't think I'll. Even going up to the Premier League game, even the, even the Bolton, it was just different because we'd, we'd done nothing for years. And we went down to p- typical Stoke, 2-0 up in the first leg. We were there. I had never been to Wembley to see Stoke. We were there. I came out that night after 3 all. I didn't cry, but I woke the guards retreat. I, I, I was so down, mate. It was on two of them. We, uh, we'd booked half a day off, me and my best mate, Brad, to go to Peterborough to, for the second leg. In the Victoria Hotel. Got down there. Met me dad who somehow managed to get work in Peterborough on that night. He worked for the Michelin and all his work <laughs> nearby. So we'd had a few. Didn't expect us to go through. Dreadful game of football in really windy conditions. But, you know, to, to 
you know, like I say, if, if the net hadn't been there, I was near the front. Paul Ware's free kicker is in the head to see for the gate, you know, for such an, a massive goal in, in the club's recent-ish history to be scored by such an amazing man um, makes it even more special. And just to sing "We're the Famous Stoke City" we're going to Wembley the first time ever I'd sung that, mm. you know, it just made it so special, mate. The journey back. On the bus, I remember Leicester played at home that night. I'm sure they did, and we stopped in Leicester for the services. And it was just an absolute invasion of Stoke fans. And it was just, it's just brilliant, mate. And uh, like you say, uh, yeah, that, that that's the one. I don't think I'll ever see a game which meant more to me at a certain time than that one did. Fantastic. Um, uh, so on this sort of uh, going back to the subject of like uh, keeping your, your mind busy, you, met, you mentioned you were yeah. you're writing a book there. Uh, do you have any sort of uh, we'll sort of open an impromptu book club now? Do you have any sort of football books or uh, maybe even uh, other fanzines as mm. well that you, that you go to uh, as reads that oh. are worth recommending? Oh mate, there's, there's tons of great fanzines out at the minute, um, and I know I'll miss some out. United, we stand. Man United has always been as good as it gets. When when skies are grey, the Everton one, which sadly isn't there anymore, was was one of my favourites as well. But they've got a great one called Black Watch, Everton have got. Uh, the Square Ball leads, uh, View from the Allotment End, which is North Ferriby, uh, Y-Front, the York fanzine, it's, it's, there's tons. Um, and I don't, I think it's really hard to, to remember. I know I've missed the load out, but there's, you know, there is, there's absolutely loads. And, the quality of writing in them is, I think, it's you know, far better than most mainstream media nowadays as well. And um, as for books, oof, I've always loved the season with Verona. Uh, told me all played out story of Italian '90 as an England fan is Pete Davis is is, is amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm not a massive, I'm not a book reader. <sighs> Not anymore, anyway. I'm a, I'm a kind of like 10, 15-minute reader. So fanzines are kind of perfect for me, half an hour maximum. Yeah. I struggle to get into a book. Uh, a couple of non-football books. Someone bought me uh, Tricky's autobiography. The the rap, you know, rap, uh, hip-hop, whatever, did a massive attempt. That's a brilliant read. Um, I'm trying to think of the football books, to be honest. Brilliant Orange mm. is a fantastic football book. Uh, but like I say, if I had to choose one, mate, a season with Verona, because you actually feel you're stood at the other end of Italy, you know, in Bari or in, in Naples or whatever, and there's 15 away fans and he's one of them and you feel like you're there stood with him, getting stuff lobbed at you and whatever. Uh, just a brilliantly written book, to be honest. So, yeah, that that would be my me, me me, me favourite book, to be honest, football-wise. Uh, there's some fa- uh, fantastic shouts in there. I'll, uh, I'll uh, certainly... Uh... Provided you don't, you don't kiss me is probably one of my absolute oh, favorites. The, the Brian Brilliant. Clough, yeah. Brian yeah. Clough book, um, especially for the sort of there's a anecdote about Peter Shilton at the start, which is very sort of patronising towards Stoke, but it's, <laughs> it shows you it shows you where what kind of uh, man Cluffy was. Um, I just um, I, I was I was going to ask him sort of what you're most looking forward to about that first match day back whenever it is, mm. but um, I saw someone post on Twitter today. Uh, you know, don't get too sort of uh, anxious or worrying about what you miss. Like, what don't you miss about match day? Don't I miss? Um, I miss everything now, mate. As I put on Twitter earlier, what I, I pay 
ever from what's in my bank account, I'd pay for a crappy nil-nil draw in the rain against Barnsley at home and not sell any mags on the day. <laughs> I'd, I'd, the, the bad bits about football are what makes it brilliant. Um, I'd hate to be a, a supporter of someone who won everything. I couldn't yeah. pack that. Um, I don't know, I mean, what, what, what I don't miss. I could, you know, I, I moan about when it's cold and wet and, 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 and it's snowing or whatever, selling the mag, but I, I know for a fact that the first the first game back when the mag's on sale, I'm, I think I'm going to be at the ground like at 9am just to see the ground wake up. There'll mm. be no one that... I, I love getting there at midday and there's only stewards then, but I just love the match day. Obviously, experience because it sounds a bit soccer. I am, but yeah. I love the various facets of a match day and seeing it from when you're selling, you see it from other people's point of view as well. The kid who goes for the first time, you know, the old stager, the nutter who's looking to cave someone's head in, mm. you know, the family who, you know, you see it from every single angle. And I miss the humanity of football. That's what I miss about it. The people don't, don't not bothered about the matches. I miss yeah. that 12 to 3 o'clock, mate, more than the 3 till 5. Yeah, um, yeah, it's come to something where I'm starting to miss arguing with someone on Twitter about the team selection, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. You you you're sort of missing every every single little detail now. But um, what you're doing with the, with the mag at the moment is great, and you you you'll you'll be typically modest about it. But it, it's just typical of uh, what Stoke fans uh, are like, and what and what sort of the whole club in general has been like recently so uh, well done for that and uh, of course uh, uh, everyone is this should be buying duck anyway but if you're not uh, buy this next one um, yeah keep me in enough money so the wife can clean the, our gold plated gates <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> yeah, you... while I'm in the match now it's it's a pleasure beyond me uh, you know I think we've got a nice little you know, we've got an amazing club and we've got a group of, you know, supporters and people who, who do really positive, creative things. Um, and, and they do it for the good of doing them, not for, you know, any agendas and whatever. So, you know, I do think we I think we are slightly different uh, to a few clubs yeah. uh, in good and bad ways. But, you know, let's stick together, be positive and, you know, support each other. You know, that's all I can say, mate. And I think, I think when we come come back to football, we're going to appreciate it so much. It's on two until until the first miss plays ball, yeah. you know, and uh, or whatever, and then we'll soon get back to slating the players or whatever. That that's what it's about, mate. Isn't it? That's that's what we miss at the minute. There's no, you know, not the the, the, the routine and whatever. But uh, no, keep it going, fellas. You're doing a great job. Amazing scenes, absolutely amazing. Um, tell you what is going to happen now. Um, I'm going to sort of sign off uh, the podcast and then work out how the fuck it'll edit together and then if we if we need to record other bits later in the week i'll be in touch but okay um so that was that episode <laughs> oh have we plugged patreon <laughs> oh this, yeah this is the best yeah. best advert for patreon isn't it okay, i mean the interviews were really good I'll just say that. Yeah, well, that's at least at least this this episode oh, is saved yeah, by other Bob, people. Wow, Bob was oh, amazing. That was fantastic. So, uh, thank you. you. Know, in, Go on. Do you know what I think? I the lesson that I've learned from this is that a football <laughs> podcast really needs football. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say it was about the friends you'd met along the way, and you didn't, which is worse. <laughs> Uh, 
Look at us. No, look at Dave. Hey. <laughs> I mean, wow. Wow. I, I, I don't uh, even know where to begin or where to end. It's best to end, end I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Whether you were there from the start or not, 200 episodes, fucking hell. Um, thank you very much, Tony. No, thank you. Thank you, Chris. 200 more. 200 <laughs> more. <laughs> oh, I'm out of here, suckers. Oh. <laughs> Go on, Stoke. <laughs>